0: Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. What's going on, everybody? Happy happy Tuesday. I almost said Wednesday, but it's Tuesday. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Today is Tuesday. Hope you're staying dry wherever you are. Um, again, thinking about everybody who's been in the path of this hurricane and storms and rain and everything else. Just do your best to stay safe. Keep the people that you care about safe. Uh, yes, I'm still wearing my raincoat from when I came in, as Blaine pointed <laughs> out. guess I can take my jacket off and stay. I'll, I'll take it off stay a
1: couple hours here with you. I won't bike. I won't bike. I had to go get me some of my headphones. They usually sit right here, but for some reason they weren't. I guess nobody's been here today in this spot. Uh, no I guess not.
0: Yeah. I don't I don't know where remote sits. No remote sits right there. Oh he does? Oh he policed yeah, up he everything his when own he left. Okay. Oh, he brings his own headphones? B Y O H. Bring your own headphones. I don't know. Uh so the Titans are practicing today. Him. Maybe some of them brought their own headphones. They're gonna practice. Mike Vrabel was on earlier today and got asked about cuts, and I guess that news will come out after they practice, so I guess it's not Always, inconceivable. Really Some dude's going like to practice that. and then, like, hey, uh, uh, after you shower, uh, bring your iPad. Coach needs to see you. Oh,
1: man. Well, he's not doing I do not like that. I never have. So, you know, before practice, who you're cutting. It's not like it's like, okay, let's see who practices the hardest day out of these last two guys. No, we're going to get all services out there of you. Then we're going to tell you the bad news. Maybe it's because they need more players out there for practice. But really, come on, man. Yeah. Um, I- I'd go out there and probably loaf right now. <laughs> like, Hey, man, y'all going to cut me anyway. I need to, uh, you know, y'all going to bring me back on practice? Why? I, get, I tell you who's not going to be doing that. Sergeant. <laughs> that guy, he's going to be out there trying to <laughs> run people over. All jokes aside but yeah it's a tough day just it's a, it's a it's a sad day every year it would really just uh I'd be heartfelt especially for guys I thought that were deserving to actually make the roster or be on the practice squad and it just man I go oh man I had to like stop getting so close to some of the you know the new players I yep. really did because it you got that attached because you see you see the talent. You you're coaching them up, and you're telling them things, and they're getting better. And you go, "Wow, man, this this guy's gonna be all right." You start, you know, you start buying into, him. man, he's he's looking good. It had nothing to do with the decision with the people upstairs. And I was like, "Oh man, that was a bad decision."
0: <laughs> it, it would have to most that day were right
1: though. Uh, well, <laughs> it would have to be interesting though to be in a
0: locker room with ninety people one day. And then the next day, it's 53, and they're dragging all the extra lockers out and taking people's nameplate off and, you know, pulling the stickers off their helmets and everything else because some of those guys, you're thinking, hey, man, you had a great run. You made it this far. Congratulations. But there are some dudes in that room you're thinking, gosh, that guy probably could have helped us. But we needed to keep an extra something else, so we couldn't keep that guy because that's going to
1: happen. Some guys are getting out. With this big practice squad, I hope that doesn't happen as much, but... We shall see, but man, going going out there for practice and then knowing you're gonna cut the guys. And that's this, I'm trying to figure out the benefit of that. Do you know? Do you know Lucas? You know, you, you, this you're a common is, sense guy. This is what
0: he said. He got I asked. I don't know if that's how I describe myself. He got asked if <laughs> cut, cuts made before after practice. Mike Grable today. I've already got the transcript here. Kim Smith hustling with the Titans. There were some cuts that were made prior to practice. They cut the little running back Jv and Hawkins. Hawkins he, he got right, waived. That hurt. dude put. Hey, just show up here and two days later put one on tape. That he put something on tape. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hey, he had juice to him. He, that, he's got some squirt to him. That dude, uh, he can say, I did everything I could do, man. I got there 48 hours later. I does mean he game. still won't make it to practice squad, though. Oh, no, it doesn't. It, yeah, he, he, still, he, could, yeah. he could be joining us on his program or something. He said there were some cuts that were made prior, and then there will be some decisions that will be made after practice. I don't know if that's, and then he stops. Usually we send those to the league. We talk to the players first, then we send those to the league. Then Robbie gets the go-ahead from John and his staff, and then we send them out to you guys. That hasn't changed, I don't think, since I've been here. But there's some cats practicing apparently. Who?
1: Well, he's not there too. By the way, that's he's good not. Verb. Yeah, so yep. that's why Jay Rob is going to be the one informing them. Uh, you know, this time. So, uh, yeah. Whoa. I'm interested to see who who gets the axe. I'm I'm really watching this this running back, wide receiver, DB, safeties, especially. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, well, I don't Safety. I know. I know a lot of everybody's talking about that. Yeah, I, I I don't think Crookshanks there. I, I don't even know his situation, but if I'm, and I like his talent, mm-hmm. he's never available. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of the times that he, maybe a handful of times he dressed or was noticed uh, playing special teams the last couple of years. Uh, man, I, man, he's a man. He's really talented, but he's always injured. How much are you nervous? So I'd be nervous for him if I, if I was him. I, and I probably, if I was a GM, I'd have to move on. Yeah. I, I I want these backup McDougal uh, and these backup safeties, uh, veterans. I want those guys. Yeah, I got I, I, I gotta I gotta we trying to go somewhere. And it, it, it consists of uh, wearing a ring afterwards. If this year is best, best team in the, in the world. If
0: this year is more of the same for Darrington Evans, what are you playing like five games last year or something like that? If you, If he plays another five games and goes back and forth and back and forth, I mean,
1: that's one of the guys I was most excited that, that, to see. Man, I know, because you got to finally see him at the end of the season. Yeah. during this preseason, you saw him with that burst that we were all looking for. And, he, you know, he runs in between the tackles he can catch. Man, he's going to – yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. I don't know what his injury is. So he didn't get hit. So you want to think it's more muscular. But we could be wrong, or I could be wrong. So, yeah, if one more year of that, I, I'd be a little perturbed. And it's hard to just be patient. And there's 50 billion running backs out there, so you can be patient. You can go pick up, you know, a veteran running back and get you know, and then all of a sudden he'll have one good year and then get paid. Right. But won't be by the side. Right. <laughs> but they'll benefit from it. Yeah, because you, you know the history. Well,
0: as, as people have said much smarter than me, one of the best abilities you can have is availability. And uh, we've seen guys over the years. That used to be – Fisher never hardly called anybody out, but I remember one year he called out Jake Shafino, the receiver, who was a talented guy, but he's, he said, Jake can't stay on the field. Like, he would kind of pick one guy, it seemed like every year in training camp, and he would talk about one guy, and one year it was Jake Shafino, and that may have been the first time I ever heard somebody say you can't make the club
1: in the tub. No. But uh, anyway, well but, well. but to be honest, I mean, that's just a phrase, but you can make the the club in the tub. The cold tub. Yeah. yeah. You do the cold tub every day, you will be healthy enough to continue to practice. I can't <laughs> well, I can't, that's your secret weapon. I can't believe more people don't do that. No, nah, just kidding. That is, everybody says that. That's, that's scary, man. Let's get
0: Alvin in Nashville with a oh, question Alvin. for the hitman on the Mark Spain real estate oh, hotline. Really? Alvin. Hey, how y'all doing? What's hey, up? Doing well.
1: Hey, I got a question for y'all. Uh, uh, do y'all think that the Times will pick up uh, with Nora, uh McKinney? You know, uh I know they lost him in a trade from the Dolphins, but the Dolphins released him. And I also read something the other day that uh while they was trying to trade for him, they had that in mind that they was gonna sign Brown back. So if they do pick up Benora McKinney, will they uh trade um Rashad Evans? I'm I'm gonna list of which I got to say. It'd be interesting because Vrabo coached him when he was at the Texans and I think they traded him to the Dolphins and he he got released. Uh he has nice size to him. Uh, I, I thought this was going to be uh, a lot of trades. There are more trades than ever I've seen in a while. Yep. Uh, that's why I was asking. And I think the Titans are going to trade somebody. I don't know who that is going to be. I'm just saying they have a lot of talent and wealth. So either they're going to sneak him through on the roster some kind of way, or they're going to try to trade them and get, you know, some, cons- you know, compensatory or six round pick or so. Uh, I like his skill set. Vrabel knows him. So, I, you know, I don't know how he fits. Uh, yeah, but I think they would have to trade somebody. Hey, Rashad Evans, uh, I think, is a leading candidate for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> he's the first-round pick, and then he's going to walk after this year regardless. Uh, I think he underdelivered. I was expecting big things last year, yep. and it did not happen for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not sure why that happened. Uh, I don't know if he was, you know. Just weak, and, and mine wasn't all into it or what it was, but he was up and down. After the season before that, where he was on the cusp of taking up being a Pro Bowl player, it wasn't the same. Uh, even if he has a great year this year, if he stays with the Titans, uh, he's playing for a contract. So let him move on. So I, that's why I would say he would be at the top of the list. It's got to be him or maybe one of the receivers.
0: And that's an interesting line if, if you're there because teams are thinking, well, we may not have to trade for this dude because they're going to have to cut him. You know, it, you're playing. Really I don't good. know if they. Don't know cat, if they not, not Evans, I don't know if they're going to trade Evans, but the receivers. Yeah, the receivers. because yeah, yeah, right, yeah. you know you're like, hey, how do you guys want Cam Batson about a six round pick for Cam? Ba-, you know, or whoever. Hey, we need this. We need a you know offensive lineman. You got a center that you're going to. I don't know, man. That that cat and mouse I'm, game with the GMs is just fantastic stuff.
1: Yeah, because you you know you're all over the waiver wire and your scouts. And guys you scouted before that yep. maybe you think maybe better than the guys that you have that you've actually seen, you know, and just a word of advice guys who get cut and then all of a sudden they get through the waiver wire, sign back with the team that you, you, you know, you've worked with, they know you the best, mm-hmm. you know, don't get emotional and think, oh man, I'm gonna go to the other team. They offer me a few more dollars and, but you know, this system, they know you, uh, they want to keep you if that's the case. Stay, stay there. You don't want to be up and moving, get another apartment, you know, staying at the residence in. Man, I had guys that were drafted guys staying in the residence inn for the, for the four years, their first four years there, our rookie year. Will we give you his day? Draft second round pick. Smartest guy I've ever played with. Who was that? Stayed in the residence inn? Yes. This whole entire career. During the season. Mm-hmm. Michael Barrow from the U. <laughs> he stayed in the residence yeah. inn? It was no issue. That, no. No. <laughs> he <They> made continental
0: <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> hey, somebody makes my bed. Can't pass a,
2: up savings like that. But a man on the pillow. I mean, he come on, it.
0: man. He was a second round pick, man. Stayed in the residence So he just stayed
1: at his. It was right, it was right home by the base was in Houston.
0: Miami or something. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to stay in the residence inn.
1: Yeah, I never even wanted to ask that besides that. What are you doing? (laughs) You don't ask him. I'm like, why are you staring? He's like, what are you doing, man? Y'all want to come to my place? Play
0: video game? Well, I I thought
1: he was kidding when he told
0: me. Party at my place after the game on Sunday. We're going
1: to meet downstairs in the lobby. Then he had all these, you know, we used to always make fun of him. (laughs) He had all these, like, ingredients and things he would take every day. Like, you know, from protein shakes and mixing different <laughs> stuff in it. You're like, man, what are you doing, man? He's
0: ahead of his time, man. He was.
1: He really was, I actually. Do. With his supplements, he was. <laughs> but he was a great guy.
0: Just mixing them up at the down there next to the waffle iron in the residence. in. <laughs> they have that little room. They push the doors open. There's breakfast in there. So you can't make your protein shakes in here. Hey, Michael yeah. Barrow. Sorry, man. You you have to stick with the pastries and the stuff that we have. By the way, we have some powdered eggs. If you'd like some of those, I'm gonna yeah. put my my protein. It's just to
1: person. Just imagine this now, guys. I know a lot of our listeners are you know older, but. Just think, he came from the U when the U was the U. So your perception of the U is not. I'm staying in the residence in. No, and I'm a guy that's you know lives by faith. That's who he was. I was like you. So you you were the guy Ray Lewis set behind. <laughs> he goes, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is crazy.
0: They had the Rock there. They had Warren Sapp. They had everybody. Yeah, oh yeah, he played Warren Sapp too. So
1: he's like, <laughs> Dwayne yeah. Johnson. Yeah man, it was just amazing. What what was uh what's his name Bob Bob Marley's uh, son too right Rohan Marley yeah.
0: yeah oh I didn't know that yeah, oh, yeah. Rohan Rohan Marley yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you listen to us old farts man you learn a few things yeah, Rohan Marley was a pretty good little <laughs> linebacker on that team was, I did not know that uh, yeah that's pretty cool that was very very true It was a thing that happened I met him once yeah. in New Orleans in the lobby of yeah. whatever hotel they were staying in the night before they played for the national championship I was hanging out in New Orleans and met. I probably met Michael Barrow, too. I think a friend of
1: mine spent about thirty minutes talking to him. I'm sure I went over and said hello. Oh, they at some had point. a slew of guys that came out my year. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I room with uh, Ryan McNeil at the combine. He was a cornerback. Uh, he got drafted in the second round, maybe first or second round, to the Lions and Barrow. Then they had Darren Smith to play with the Cowboys linebacker. Mm-hmm. Played for a long time there. They they had a slew of guys at that time. They the U was legit the you
0: no doubt uh barrett Salee is legit a college football reporter for cbs (laughs) sports we'll keep you updated as cuts happen there's nothing going on jamie and hawkins has been waived that's all that we know today i haven't seen anything else as it happens we'll keep you updated but we'll talk a little college football next with barrett Salee of cbs sports on blaine and mickey Play to Mickey 1045 the zone. We're waiting for uh, cut downs to be announced. We're an hour and 39 minutes away from the NFL telling everybody that they got to have those. Barrett Sleeze is going to
1: join us here in just a second. But real quick, though, maybe why the Titans aren't cutting anybody before practice is because they, you know, have some guys injured or, you know, on the COVID list, too. You know, now that spares them some space to maybe keep some players. So maybe those guys, they don't have to cut them that they were going to put on the practice squad, let's say. Yeah, they uh, got maybe some guys are under that kind of, you know, umbrella there to buy themselves some more time. They got nine guys on the pub list
0: or on the, yeah. sorry, yeah. on the COVID list. COVID. Nine guys on nine the COVID players. list. Nine players on the COVID list. That's
1: not including the coaches.
0: No, nine. So that's oh. nine moves they literally technically don't have to make. Mm. Barrett Salee's not on the COVID list, though. Thank goodness. Uh, the writer from CBS Sports joins us now. Barrett, how in the world are you? What's What's Week One of college football season like for Barrett Salee? Uh,
2: it's uh, It's an interesting time because, for me personally, my uh, my oldest birthday is uh, is, is September sixth, so I have to find a way to weave in dad life with uh, five straight days of college football. But uh, it's excitement. There is no doubt. You know, it's. Um, I think we, we all sort of took for granted what the, the, the anticipation was like uh, after what happened last year. You know, it just sort of kind of sprung up on us. And this past month, it it's felt normal. You know, it's felt uh, like every other season where the excitement just sort of builds. You have quarterback battles, and then, bam, you're ready to go. So, um, you know, it's, it's a fun time of year.
0: It's interesting because when all this NIL stuff started to hit and it went from a trickle to, like, drinking from a fire hose, and, and and there were a lot of people said this is just gonna college football is never going to be the same. This is just awful. Uh, well, no one's even talking about that now because guys are going to play games. They did a few games this weekend, and then everybody's going to play uh, for week one now, and nobody's worried about if somebody's endorsing a local Chevy dealership.
2: No, it's uh, it is it's an afterthought. Although you know, thirty minutes ago we found out Quinn Ewers signed, uh, signed a seven million dollar seven-figure deal with a trading card company so uh so it's back in the in the news at least for now but yeah you know I think that you know when July 1st hit we saw that first wave um you know you saw some players endorse specific uh specific companies like Milo Sweet Pea for Bo Nix you yeah. saw the thing with the Eric King with uh, Dreamfield and then the the uh MMA you know exercise franchise uh, in South Florida but really, since then, it's just like, okay, well, these guys are going to get paid. They're going to go sign some autographs. They're going to go make some appearances. They're going to get media deals to have exclusive interviews or whatever. Like It's just it's one of those things now where it's, it's just part of the process for college football. And, you know, and I, I'm interested to see the next step. Uh, for instance, what happens if there's just this freak highlight that goes viral? How does a company capitalize on that, whether it's a player that already has a deal with that company or a company that wants to get in and say, make an NFT with uh, a viral highlight. You know, I think that's the next step. And, and we'll see what happens throughout the season when stuff like that actually happens.
0: Absolutely. Barrett Salee, our guest at Barrett Salee on Twitter, CBS sports covering the beautiful sport of college football.
1: Mm, well, <laughs> a coach is not getting a lot of highlights. Uh, maybe he will in his bank account. But what's going on with Scott Frost? Is he in trouble there in Nebraska? I mean, man, he, he we know he can coach. I mean, he, he coached a national championship at UCF. No, <laughs> oh, come on. Wink, 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 <laughs> wink. Ah, wink. Wink, wink. <laughs> no, but uh, what is your observation? What's going to happen here?
2: Well, I can tell you what, his bank account's probably, uh, probably doing all right. But uh, that's, uh, that, that might change uh, here in a little bit. But, yeah, you know, I think Nebraska has a very – uh, distorted view of what it actually is in college football now. They still think it's the 80s and early 90s, and the truth of the matter is none of these kids know Nebraska as anything more than just an afterthought. Uh, they they cannot recruit players that can compete in the Big Ten, and that system is not unique enough to make Nebraska um, difficult every single week. Um, you know, from a scheme perspective. So. Yeah, I think Scott is is stubborn. He thought his system would work. It clearly doesn't. He hasn't changed. He hasn't developed a quarterback. And Nebraska's brass uh, thinks that they should be contending for national championships. So all those things uh, together are working against Scott. And and I don't think he's going to change. He's extremely stubborn. Uh, and at this point, I wouldn't say he's a dead man walking. And can obviously um, you know salvage something, especially if they can beat Oklahoma in week three, but. Man, it is uh, it's falling apart very quickly, and I think unlike what's happened at Michigan, where you know the amicable divorce might happen if uh, if Harbaugh doesn't live up to his end of the bill, uh, I think at this point there are so many people angry at Scott Frost uh, within that administration within that the the sort of inner circle uh, that that he is fully on the hot seat, uh, not just to have an amicable split, but to to get flat out fired.
1: Man, you have some really good games for I guess week 1 not 0 now and that is uh, mm-hmm. what Georgia Clemson uh Bama the U UCLA LSU what what game are you going to be watching really closely and what uh, what are your expectations
2: well i'll certainly be watching Alabama Miami closely because it'll be right there in front of me so uh, that that's the that's the one that i'm you know going to be at and i'm excited about that because i know there's this idea that Miami's going to be just you know a, a cupcake and Alabama's going to walk in and and just uh, you know, blow doors off of them. But I mean, from a matchup perspective, it's strength on strength uh, with with uh, Miami's offense versus Alabama's defense. And then you know, I think maybe Miami's defense is getting uh, overlooked a little bit here. Yeah, they lost Quincy Roche and Jalen Phillips. Everybody else returns. Everybody else returns. And so if Derek King can and, and that offense led by Red Lashley can make a couple of big plays, especially early, then. It's going to put a ton of pressure on an Alabama offense that really has not dealt with anything like that before. Um, so, at least in terms of the key positions, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, I know it's not doesn't have the cachet and, and recognition of Clemson versus Georgia, but man, I'm excited about Miami versus Alabama.
1: You know, with Barry Saleh at CBS uh, Sports, uh, and I guess I, w- I have to ask you this before I pass it over to Mickey, and that is. What is uh, going to happen with the Big Twelve? We hadn't got a chance to talk to you. I know there's a lot of talk with BYU, but man, now we're hearing you know UCF, uh, Boise State, Houston, Cincinnati. What do you think is going to happen?
2: I think they're at a point now where they they absolutely have to to sort of bite the bullet and say, all right, look, we're going to have to raid some lower lower tier conferences because the alliance, even though the alliance is stupid and doesn't necessarily mean anything, um, it does exist, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, you know, it's, I think right now, uh, they have to look around and say, okay, well, who can we partner with? And the answer is nobody. So yeah, go add Boise state, go add BYU. I think the BYU thing is interesting because in the past, BYU has been, um, you know, sort of held up, uh, because they don't play games on Sundays. It doesn't matter for football, but it certainly matters in other sports. The big 12 might have to, to just ignore that at this point and say, okay, BYU, we're going to work around that. Uh, because they certainly are desirable, and I think if you're the Big Twelve, do you want to continue to be in Texas? You know, because then you can go get Houston. That's fine. Um, you know, but I think maybe broadening the horizon a little bit and saying, you know, that UCF might be the best option, and then going up and getting, you know, Boise State, BYU, and then you know somebody else uh, maybe outside of the state of Texas to. Um, you know, to, to bolster, you know, the, the more, to make, make the TV contract more, um, more uh, massive across the country. Because the thing about the Big 12, there's no TV partners. They're not going to partner with ESPN after this. <laughs> there's no doubt. And I think Fox is sort of limited in its capacity. So why not make yourself more of a national conference, albeit with maybe not the highest of profile teams, and sell yourselves to streaming services that clearly will overpay for live sports. I think that's the next step. That's what they're trying to do. And I think that definitely bodes well for teams like UCF, uh, Boise State,
1: and BYU. Mm. Well, with uh, Barrett Ali at CBS Sports. Maybe you just make it a
0: pay-per-view event and tell Boise State and UCF, hey, the winner gets a bid from our conference. I think you had tweeted that earlier. I love that idea.
2: I'm uh, in. Let's do it. That See, that is... Uh, that would be so much fun, and look, that just that game on Thursday is going to be fun. because yeah. I can't wait to watch Gus Malzahn with uh, uh, with D- uh, Dylan Gabriel at quarterback and a ton of athletes. And I mean Boise State, we saw them two years ago go across the country to the state of Florida and upset Florida State in Week One. So yeah, that's a that's a pretty fun game. Make it an elimination game for the Big Twelve. Let's do it.
0: The other thing too, Barrett, I, I had written this on my paper. There's never been a better time to be good at football. Anytime expansion comes up, and if you look, Cincinnati's in the top ten right now. You know they might be trying to peacock their way into a bid there too.
2: Yeah, they could, and and that would be another spot for the Big Twelve to look at, uh, especially considering you know Cincinnati and West Virginia are pretty close to each other. That obviously would prevent uh, would uh, make make West Virginia's troubles. Uh, go away a little bit because they spend a ton of money, um, you know, going from uh, going from uh, uh, back east all the way over uh, to Texas and in some cases, West Texas. So uh, Cincinnati certainly would be part of that. And, you know, I don't think it necessarily matters what Cincinnati does this year um, in terms of football, because I think they've established themselves as a a consistently solid program, uh, not just on the football field, but really, you know, across all major sports.
0: I wanted to ask you this because you brought it up, the alliance. And, and right now, nobody can really point to anything. It was like bingo card of buzzwords in the press <laughs> release. That, so everybody hit bingo when they read through like the nine things, sportsmanship and stuff like that. But is there sort of an ominous thing on the back end of that with scheduling where those three conferences might have said, hey, man, we know football is scheduled a long ways out. But don't schedule any SEC teams. And if an SEC basketball you know, ops director calls you, don't schedule them. Could they be trying to choke out the SEC some? Could that really happen with scheduling?
2: Well, they could try, but it's not going to happen. I mean, just in the ACC, you have uh, 4 interconference rivalry games uh, with SEC opponents, so they obviously are going to still exist. And we saw the next day LSU and USC in Las Vegas <laughs> got announced, so clearly yeah. it's not that big of a deal. Um, but, I mean, and think I, my whole thing with that whole ridiculousness is they they talked about scheduling and in football so many games are signed and deals are agreed to for you know 10 15 years from now and the alliance said that they were going to honor those deals well 10 15 years from now this whole world could look completely different right so yeah you got an alliance great oh you're going to make some you know some some scheduling alliances and get together and you know sing kumbaya okay but Fifteen years from now, I mean, are you even still going to like each other? The answer is probably no.
0: Yeah, that could be any of us. Uh, Barrett Saleh joins us, CBS Sports, talking college football on Blaine and Mickey. Hmm.
1: Well, Barrett, uh, it's prediction time. So let's give you, give us the SEC, the East, and the West. Well, where, how do you see it playing out, especially for uh, Tennessee?
2: Well, our picks went up. Our conference picks went up last week. National picks went up yesterday, and I've got uh, I've got Georgia winning the East. Pretty handily over Florida, uh, Kentucky, Missouri, and I have Tennessee. I think going six and six, uh, which would be a solid debut in Josh Eiffel's first year. I think uh, the the fact that uh, he's got kind of got his guy and Joe Milton running the offense will certainly help. And then I've actually got LSU beating Alabama heads up and winning the West Whoa. at eleven and one, and then Georgia uh, beating LSU to go to the playoff uh, in in the uh, SEC Championship game. So um, I'm excited about it. I think there are three. Three national championship caliber teams uh, in the SEC: Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. And I think uh, it should be a wild ride before we get to Atlanta.
1: Man, is that is that your Final Four too? I mean, who's the other team? <laughs> no, no, no. My,
2: my my Final Four is I uh, have Georgia. Uh, I got Oklahoma one, Georgia two, Ohio State three, and Clemson four. And then uh, Georgia stopping Oklahoma uh, in the championship game.
1: And will one of those teams have the Heisman Trophy winner?
2: Oh yeah, Spencer Rattler. <laughs> I mean, like sometimes the easy choice is the is the right choice, and I just Spencer Rattler is going to put up video game numbers. And as we've seen the last five years, betting on an Oklahoma quarterback to to do something on a grand scale is not the worst idea in the world.
1: Mm. Well, let's go from predicting the Heisman Trophy winner to now having the starting quarterback in the SEC from South Carolina being a grad assistant, uh, Zed Nolan. <laughs> How much do you know about this this kid?
2: Well, actually a lot. Deb, uh, I saw him at some high school camps a long, long time ago. Uh, he might've been a junior in high school going into his junior year. A uh, lot of times I saw him, he, he can play. I mean, he is a really, really good player. Uh, he went to Iowa state. He was going to be their starter if Brock Purdy got there uh, and sort of took that over. And then I don't know if you remember, but Purdy got hurt. Nolan came in and just had himself a day oh, against yes. Iowa. They didn't win, uh-huh. but he had himself a great day. And went to North Dakota state and learned behind land. I mean, he. He is in a situation, he's, it's not like he's some scrub. He is a guy that over the last two stops, Iowa State and North Dakota State just got sort of lost in the shuffle, right? Like he, he 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 was going to start, lost his job to Brock Purdy, was going to start at North Dakota State, got beat out by Trey Lance. I mean, look, (laughs) it's going to happen. I'll do a lot of guys. So, uh, he can play. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited for him to get his chance because the few times we have seen him, uh, especially at Iowa State, he's been pretty good. Mm-hmm.
1: So are there any uh, breakout teams, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be in the SEC, that uh, people should be on the lookout for?
2: I'm, I'm excited about Neil Brown in West Virginia. I know he's got a 500 record in two years, but Neil Brown's one of the best coaches in the country in my mind. Uh, and they have a, a, a quarterback in Jared Dagey who's been around the block. He's experienced. The defense, even though they lost some guys, they were the best defense in the Big 12 last year, and typically that's not saying an awful lot, but go back and watch West Virginia and go back and watch uh, watch the way Oklahoma played. Those were two good defenses, and West Virginia was, I mean, it didn't take a week off. So uh, I'm irrationally excited about West Virginia in the Big 12.
1: Well, mm-hmm. with Barrett Selya, CBS is, Sports.
0: Barrett, is the forfeit if you can't play, I'm holding that up in quotes, is that the right move? Is that just the best way to handle this? And I ask because right now anybody could be like, yeah, that's the right thing, but let's say it's Alabama that has to forfeit a game or Georgia this year or Clemson, then how are people going to feel about it?
2: I, I kind of go back and forth. I mean, clearly this is all um, in an effort to uh, to increase vaccination rates. And, I mean, okay, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, it's still... <laughs> What happens if you lose four quarterbacks in a quarterback room? Like one to a test and then four, three to contact tracing. Right. Like, should you really be penalized for that? I, You know, no, I don't think so, um, because a lot of the positional requirements are still in place across the country. So <sighs> I kind of go back and forth on it. I think the idea that you simply can't reschedule things was I, – I think the problem is that it was made – on a conference level and not a national level because if you had a commissioner of college football, you could have somebody come in and say, okay, well, we're going to push championship Saturday back a couple of weeks like we did last year uh, or at least open the door for that possibility because, yeah, I mean, on surface, punishing teams that don't have, you know, that have COVID issues because they don't have high vaccination rates, I mean, sure, if you're, you know, if you want to go down that road, that's fine, but the the idea that, you know you're you're not going to be able to play from a positional requirement standpoint, and thus might have to forfeit. I don't I don't like that.
0: All right, on the way out, I wanted to ask you this: there are always people who are trying to just bury the NCAA, trying to say that's not needed as an entity. And I certainly get any animosity that any individual might harbor towards that organization. But what they don't realize is, other than the Division One football championships. If you're some guy or gal that runs cross country or is a hurdler or a tennis player, softball, anything else, the NCAA runs all of your stuff, all of your championships. How can we coexist in this new model with an organization that can, Mm -hmm. at least from an administrative standpoint, run championships for every other sport besides college football at the highest (laughs) level? They run all the lower level championships. I wish I had an answer for you.
2: <laughs> it is, it is going to be a mess. And, you know, I think the only way to to really go do it is to rip the bandaid off if you're the autonomous five conferences and say, okay, we're not just taking over football. We're taking over everything. But then what happens with the NCAA basketball tournament, which right. obviously is, is its breadwinner? So I, there is no good answer. Uh, I, I think if you're the NCAA, that's sort of your saving grace. That's sort of your, your lifeline to say, okay, football, you're, You're the most important, and you're going off and doing your own thing, but we still got that money coming in from the Hoops tournament, and that's a pretty
0: good selling point, to be honest with you. Yeah, yes, it is. Uh, Does everybody think that you hate their team? Yes, all of them, every single one. Absolutely. Because we've had you on, and we always say, guys, that's the nicest dude, and then I'll see some guy just attacking you on Twitter, and you saying, I literally said, you know, they have three guys who can start at running back. I, I, I see you you know, defending yourself in a calm, rational manner. But I, I, I've i been meaning to ask you that forever. Does everybody think you hate their team? Oh, I do.
2: I mean, well, it's not that I hate their team. I hate them personally, to be <laughs> honest with you. Like, they're awful human beings, every single one of them.
0: Well, you need to work on your hatred creation uh, there, Barrett. <laughs> and uh, happy birthday to your oldest. I know you said uh, that birthday's coming up, and we appreciate the time today.
2: All right, thanks,
0: y'all. Yes, sir. At Barrett Saleh CBS Sports, uh, a great college football follow. If you do not follow, you need to um uh, coach mac is coming up in hour number two cut down day no news as yet that we've seen about the titans but there was a quarterback cut earlier today that a lot of you have been talking about and uh many of you think should be a backup quarterback for the titans now Hmm? yeah what you talking about willis we're about to talk about it blaine and mickey 104.5 the zone (laughs) <laughs> Blade and Mickey, 1045 the zone. So we talked about this one day, and, and Blade, you had a good point because it seems like, especially when the draft happens, everybody wants all the guys from the teams that they know. So those are the guys that they want. You know, they want all the guys. Well, no,
1: you know, I said I just draft all SEC
0: players, which is not a bad strategy yeah, I mean, at all.
1: then you would have no problem with, you know, people filling the stadiums. Nope. This is the SEC melting pot. I, I would venture off maybe just the ACC too, that's South.
0: Get a speedy guy there. Yeah, Maybe babe. pick up a lineman from the Big Ten every yeah, yeah, once in yeah. a while. They got mm-hmm. big guys there. Yeah. Uh, and we were yeah, talking about... Big Ten's not that far, yeah. That's true. We were talking about free agency, and <laughs> you said people always want to play GM like it's their fantasy team, and uh-huh. and you can't afford to pay everybody. Yeah. Well, when guys get cut on a day like today, and again, there's been very little come out of the Titans headquarters. Uh, Mike Rabel had, in fact, said, we've done a little bit, but we're going to practice, and then we'll finish doing uh, cuts on the guys. So they... They're, Titans are actually practicing right now or should be done soon. Jamie and Hawkins is the one move that they've made. They waived him today. They just
1: signed him literally like on Thursday.
0: Yes. So it's like sign, learn 12 plays. You're going to play all of the 12 that you know. Hey, man, thanks for soaking up 12 carries for us, uh, you know, in the game or 12 plays, whatever it was. But Cam Newton got cut by the Patriots, and he wound up missing some days over a a COVID issue and – While he was gone, Mac Jones went and practiced against the Giants, I guess, and carved them up pretty good and and just sort of continued along the path that he had started with with the Patriots. And when they drafted him, and you had said this before, for what they want to do offensively, Cam Newton really doesn't fit what they want to do. And then you drafted a guy, Mac Jones, who seems like a guy more like Mm -hmm. a Tom Brady who fits their system Way more than Cam Newton did. Well, they're not even going to keep Cam Newton around as a backup. They they cut him loose earlier today.
1: Yeah, you know what? Here, I, I'm gonna go out on limb with no evidence uh, of anything. I, I really believe. To me, you should have went into the season. Uh, Cam should be on the roster now. Whether he should shard or not is a whole nother story. Uh, I'm not a big Cam guy. Uh, I, you know, I want my quarterback to be really accurate. Seems like he's improved on that, but that is definitely was. Uh, one of his crutches that he wasn't really good at. but He's 60% uh, for his whole career, yeah. 60%. But uh, I, I think he got cut because of the, the COVID situation and the screw-up. I, I, that's just my belief. I have no evidence of any of that. I just believe that. I think Belichick is the type to say, hey, man, we can't have this screw-up. This happened last season. We were on a nice little run with you as a starter. You came back after that. You weren't the same team. You weren't the same player. To stop that now! I'm gonna just let you go. Now he 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 has to pay him three point six million dollars. His contract was guaranteed. Yeah, I looked it up. It's two million signing bonus and his one point five million base salary is guaranteed. He got a one hundred thousand dollars bonus from working out with the team. So he it was that serious to him that he thought he should let him go because. I, that's why I think it's something else. It's not yeah. just by performance. Cause you can say, Okay, you're gonna be our backup or our change of pace guy. Sure. We're gonna go with Mag Jones. And some people are like, Oh, well, he can't do that. Well, yeah, he can. Because you could tell him he, he that's what he's gonna do. I think he has that kind of respect to with, with Belichick and, and as well as he understands and he's gonna be a team guy. If not, it'll get around the league and then next thing you know, he'll never get a job. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it was more so that. Uh now where will he end up? I have no idea. But I, I think he's Gonna be a backup somewhere, or I don't know. Maybe maybe i will just go to the Falcons over there with with Arthur Smith. I know a lot of people are even mentioning him. I mean, the Cowboys need a quarterback. Supposedly, the Cowboys are already kicking the tires on him. That uh, report's already come out. Yeah, if I was the Cowboys, I'd go more foals If it was me, I'm just not. uh I, I just think Cam's game. He needs to transition from being the Superman. I'm a run. I can do everything. So now I'm the drop-back passer, but I can still run if I need to. He hasn't transitioned that because he his body's going to keep breaking down. At some point, Superman broke down and got kryptonite. And now he's not the same player running the football. Now he can do it at times for sure because that's how they won some games in the beginning with New England last right. season. But can he do it for a whole season? Because he's a massive human being now. He's a six six guy all day long. He's a big, you know, super-duper athlete. Uh, so... I just think he needs to be. I'm a quarterback now, be a dropback passer, and show that he can do it. And he, you know, the type of athlete he is, is, it should be something he should be able to transition during an off season and be able to do. And I think he was working on those things, because mm-hmm. he looks like he's a little more accurate at least during this preseason than he was before. Uh, so you know, hey, he collect three, five, three, six. Move on to another team, be a backup, make you know a couple million dollars as a backup. But he's Cam Newton, so a lot of think people think a lot of things come with that. Uh, if he knows his role, I think that I think he's fine. I think he's fine, but uh, he definitely better be upfront and honest with him that you're coming in as our backup because he's gonna get a, he's gonna get a lot of attention. He's no different than Tim Tebow. He, you know, when you go to a team, everybody's gonna clamor to Cam. I, I don't want Cam on the Titans. I, I don't think he fits what they do mm-hmm. at all. So I mean, he has a big arm, but no, nah, he doesn't fit this system in my my opinion or this team. Put it that way.
0: I think. I said this when Steve McNair played. I don't think he got protected enough by the refs. I think he took a lot of shots. You know, even oh if, Cam too, yeah. and Cam. And I was going to say, I think Cam after Steve McNair, I think Cam has taken more shots with no help from the refs or no protection. Things that other guys, if they take a shot like that, it's going to get flagged every time. Cam Newton's take, and now some of them have been. He's lowered his head and tried to get in the yes. end zone. had Twelve yeah. rushing touchdowns last year,
1: but I've seen him get hit so many times. Yeah, I've seen call, him too, especially the televised flag? game.
0: Where's yeah. the flag? You know, what happens is I think
1: it's human nature with the referees. Uh, Unfortunately, it's been Cam on some national televised games. When a guy like that, that that's big and can run, they assume that, you know, he was about to run, you know, which is unfair to him. But he's taking some shots that he shouldn't have. They should have got flagged and they did not. I've seen them live. And uh, it's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, you never really see Cam complaining to the referees directly uh I've, I've seen him complain just a little bit you know with the media but not a lot because you're not gonna win you know <laughs> so hey <laughs> if tom brady would have got hit like that or they might have thrown the players out oh they would have ejected the guy same for nine
0: matt got hit all the time yeah. and, and i felt like he got hit late a lot but it never seemed to matter and same for cam newton um well cam Newton's going to be taking his hit somewhere else again dallas uh, allegedly already kicking the tires on him as a Potential backup for Dak Prescott. Titans uh, have about an hour and six minutes before their cuts have to be turned in. We'll keep you posted as things happen throughout the show. Not much action so far, but uh, they're starting to run low on time, as are all of the other teams in the NFL. All the cuts have to be done uh, to get down to 53 by 3 o'clock today. We'll hit the headlines when we come back. Also, Coach Mack in about 25 minutes here on Blaine & Mickey, 104.5 The Zone.